I, I listen, I listen for those cues. Uh, sometimes it's just over the phone when I'm talking to students, but sometimes it's in person or, you know, via Zoom like this as well. Being able to pick up on those things and then being able to help the student unpack it so that we can see it and be able to work with it and work through it. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Reginald Ryder of Thriving Life Coaching. Reginald, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Gresh. Great to be here. And thanks for the opportunity, man. Appreciate it. Yes, definitely appreciate you for taking time out, obviously, and of course, all the awesome things that you're doing. And before we jumped into the interview, I want to read a little bit more about Reginald so you can hear about some of those awesome things. And Reginald is a founder of Thriving Life Coaching. Their motto is every student needs a little TLC. TLC is an academic readiness and life coaching service for middle school, high school, and college students to maximize their full potential. The coaching helps students utilize time management, organization, and study skills to do their best work. And Reginald has 30 years of experience in working with secondary and post-secondary organizations, as well as students from orientation to graduation via Zoom in California, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Virginia. He is a professor at Northern Virginia Community College, teaching college student success, and authored a book, Passing the Baton, a guide and memoir of college success Reginald, appreciate you so much again for jumping on the show. You're a wealth of knowledge and and and, and resource for so many people. Uh, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Let's do it. I'm ready. Thank you. Let's make it. Let's make it happen then. So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more on how you got started. What I call your CEO story. Sure. So uh, as a maybe first and foremost, I'm a first generation. Uh, student and in college. My parents didn't go to college. So I'm sure there's a, I know there's a, we probably need to make a club or organization out there for, for all, all of right. us uh, in that, in that, in that pool. But, um, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know, you know, in going to college. And so, you know, pretty quick, you know, after buying the t-shirt and sweatshirt at the, at the bookstore, you know, at the school that I was at, I went to Ball State University in Indiana. Uh, you know, I figured out or began to realize what I didn't know at that point, you know, how to really study, how to be able to apply myself. I wasn't a bad student in high school, so that I'm not giving anybody a, you know, hard luck story, but at the same time to say that I was in my fullness in that respect, I, I wasn't. So in the first couple of semesters, you know, I kind of wandered and kind of found my way and did some things right and a lot of things wrong and kind of everything else in between. I never had anything, you know, where I was on like academic probation, that kind of thing, but again, just not at my full, at my fullness. So I started to kind of put some things in the practice that people had kind of told me and things that I kind of figured out for myself and my own kind of learning style and, uh, you know, got my GPA up a little bit from where it was from my beginning of my freshman year to the end of my, from between my freshman year for fall, summer, and spring with three terms. Uh, but came back my sophomore year and came back with a lot more um, diligence in getting myself together in the ways that I needed to. Uh, started getting three O's and started doing my, you know, my best work and, you know, things worked out and then, at or around the time I was getting ready to graduate, uh, I went on an admissions trip and someone asked me uh, to go as a volunteer. And so I was talking to students and kind of had the gift of gab and the whole thing. And uh, before I knew it, they, you know, someone was tapping me on the shoulder and said, hey, this is a, this would be a great you know, opportunity or career if you're thinking about doing something in higher ed. And I hadn't really thought about it. And that way I was thinking about being a lawyer or doing something else. 
And so I kind of took it for what it was worth, but then I would kind of just brushed it off. And I went back for another trip because they asked me to come back and do it again. And so I did. And so someone just really kind of yanked me this time. It's like, hey, listen, you're really good at this. You understand the school. You understand the institution. We have a position coming open. Go from there. So fast forward, I did that. Uh, from that point on, when I got in the admissions office, I was, as a practitioner now of what I had been doing you know, for three or four years before, I wanted to make sure that first-generation students and any student that I came in contact with did not create or uh, repeat some of the same mistakes I did. So I gave them a lot of the tips and strategies that I've used. And so I've kind of done that throughout my career and other capacities and other roles. Um, but it's always been with retention in mind, and it's re especially retention in mind for students of color in general uh, as well uh, as a really a kind of a passion project. Fast forward. Uh, to about 2018, I had this idea and been doing this like, well, maybe there's a way I can kind of brand this and kind of make it my own. And so I opened up Thriving Life Coaching, started a website and the whole nine, and then started coaching students as well. About 20, late 2018, early 2019, someone had asked me about, you know, the potential of writing a book. And I didn't really think that much about it because it's kind of one of those things I'd never done it before. First generation in that respect too. And, uh, so, you know, what would I write about? And so I kind of had a workbook in my head of some, some kind of a situation like we were talking about with just kind of helping students transition, but ultimately ended up writing a book and uh, just happened to have a copy uh, called Passing the Baton, a guide memoir called Success. And so basically I wrote it from a first-generation student's perspective as a practitioner, teaching students how to do this very thing. And then finally as a professor and teaching students how to do that as well. So kind of the pragmatic, the academic, but the on the ground, you know, experience. And so now I coach students, uh, you know, across the country and, you know, offer insight and perspective to you know, secondary schools or, or post-secondary schools, as well as organizations looking to prep students for their next venture in life. Nice. Yeah, I, I definitely love that. And, and definitely, you know, how you're, um, you know, planning, helping, I guess, people to plan and cultivate those seeds that they have in their lives. And, and, and even hearing your story and how that was done for you when someone said, hey, you have a really great talent for this. And next thing you know, like those years and years and years of experience and probably helping out students has culminated in all the awesome things that you're um, able to do with your business. So um, I know we, we touched on it a little bit, but I wanted to, of course, drill down a little bit more here, uh, exactly how you're working with your clients, how that process works. Once the student's been identified, well, my website is reginaldwriter.com. So that's, you can go on the website and you can kind of see and get a sense of the, you know, what happens in the process, but to give you a condensed version of it. Um, if you're interested in it, basically what I do is uh, have an initial conversation likely with the parent or likely a parent, but sometimes a student as well. Uh, and just giving them a sense of, you know, kind of who I am, what I do and everything else. And before we can get to, you know, what it costs and all those other things, I want to be able to establish, you know, a relationship and some trust and some credibility kind of all at the same time in the context of, of that conversation. In doing so, then I typically will meet with the student and the parent as a part of the process, just so they, everybody gets an, an understanding of what's going to happen, what needs to happen and what you know, their needs are. And uh, somewhere within that context, I typically will always kind of focus my attention towards the student and not really even though the parents are in the room, really focus my attention on the students and, hey, you know, Gresham, what is it that you really want out of this experience? Because I don't want to do it in a way that's going to waste your time. I don't want to do it in a way that's going to waste my time. I want to do it in a way that's going to be productive for both of us. When I do so, I do an initial assessment. Then 
you know, kind of get to the good part where I ask them, you know, what goals they have, which is, you know, always a, 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 obviously a good question to ask. But the next layer of that is, what are the tasks that you are going to do in order to make sure that these goals get met? Once we identify that, then that's where the work begins. So if you want to be a better time manager, or you want to get all A's, okay, you, you got to be a better time manager. Okay, if you want to um, be able to um, speak up for yourself when it comes time to do so, then I've got to put you in positions where you've got to advocate for yourself with your teachers or your guidance counselor or your parents or anybody else that you're working with. If a, I feel like this, if a coach is really doing their job well, they're answering questions. But if you're doing it to the point where you're really getting the person to kind of maximize the, the, their, own, their own level of achievement, you're really questioning their answers and putting them in the position to say, how, how would I go about this? Or how should I go about this? Now, if you're on the right track, then I'm, my job as coach is just to kind of push and steer you in the right direction and then just do the check-ins as necessary. But if not, then we're going to go to the drawing board. You know, what do you think, student, would work or has worked in this particular situation? Yeah, I appreciate you giving that, you know, the, the totality, the holistic perspective of that. Would you consider this be what I like to call your secret sauce? And it could be for yourself, the business or a combination of both. But is it um, what do you, I guess is the thing you feel like sets you apart and makes you unique. But is it that ability to be able to, um, I think, have an understanding of, you know, the process because of your, your experience and your knowledge, but also that ability to empower people, which I think is definitely a gift. Do you feel like that's part of your secret sauce? I think it is. I I think it's inter- interesting. I've I've had this I've had this conversation with myself, and you know, people will say to me, you know, I was not able to do X Y Z with said person, but you know, when they talk to you, it was something different. I think it comes but down to just a level of authenticity. I think it's just being transparent because you know, again, I don't have all the answers, but I can at least give you some of the answers or perspective that I have in that regard. And I feel like there are more answers out there collectively between the two of us you know, in a one-on-one situation, you know, I think we can figure it out. Uh, and if we can't, then we're going we're gonna to sit there till we do. So that's maybe part of it. But I think the other part is that I think um, having walked those shoes and walked through those halls and walked through those gauntlets, and I've been, you know, uh, trust me, I've been as, as uh, competent and sometimes competent as I feel like I sound right now. That wasn't who I was when I was 17, when I, you know, went off to college for the first time. My, I guess my secret sauce is pragmatism. If I had to really kind of put it in the you know one one shell, um, it's on the ground. It's easy to apply. If you can apply it and make it a habit, then you know excellence and other you know things are going to come from it. Someone's going to notice that, and someone's going to you know try and scoop you up because you're a known quantity, a known entity, and you know you're about your business. And who who doesn't want that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? That's a good question. I think I'm really attuned to people's non-cognitive factors, body language. That's why I love being able to do this over Zoom. So if you're telling me, you know, I'm okay, but you're like, I'm okay, you know, I'm like, what does that mean? You know, or I hear the tone in your voice to say, um, you know, it doesn't sound very confident. It's like, what, you know, what happened? Well, and then, you know, the, the floodgate opens, you know, this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. So yeah, you may be in a funk in that particular moment, but you know, you're, you're instinctually in, in hearing that it makes me, it draws me out to be able to ask another question. 
And sometimes in asking that question, maybe the what may feel like a door for me is really a vault for, for somebody else. But once it's open, you know, then we can go there. I, I, I listen. I listen for those cues. Uh, sometimes it's just over the phone when I'm talking to students, but sometimes it's in person or, you know, being Zoom like this as well. Being able to pick up on those things and then being able to help the student unpack it so that we can see it and be able to work with it and work through it. Nice. So uh, I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this is a little bit more of a word of wisdom or piece of advice. I like to say it might be something if you were to hop into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. Don't be afraid. I've, Gresham, this idea for me sat in my head for probably for years. I won't tell you too much, how many years because, you you, you know, the, the CEOs of the world would probably smack me on top of the head or at least on the hand, uh, at least a couple of times. But I had this idea in my head, but I didn't have it fully formulated. And I was of the mindset because I wasn't a entrepreneur in spirit and uh, kind of in my initial, my innate spirit, I guess is what I would say. Um, did I kind of sit on it? So I would kind of start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. And um, someone told me a long time ago, the acronym for fear is false expectations appearing real. And when I heard that, I first thought that, well, that sounds nice, but you know, what does that really mean? And you know, basically, if you're expecting the worst, that's what will happen. But nine times out of 10, what you're expecting to happen not, you know, doesn't ever happen. I remember giving speeches, and I'm sure you've given speeches at one point in your life or at different points, even if it was in high school or, you know, college or whatever the case may be. Nervous, sweaty palms, like I'm going to forget my words. I got the index card and it's just shaking in your hand the whole nine, right? But you get up and you get comfortable and you get in the zone. Before you know it, you just, you know, you, I, you know again, you know, you're having just a conversation. So I talked myself out of things sooner than I gave myself credit for being able to do it. Had I done this maybe 10 or 15 years ago, yeah, maybe this would be a different conversation, but I'm glad that it's happened the way that it has because it also reminds me too that that, that aspect of life too is something that we all deal with in one respect or another as well. So uh, I want to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the defini- definition of what it means to be a CEO. We're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Reginald, what does being a CEO mean to you? That's a good question. I think it for me means being the captain of your ship, but being surrounded by good or great navigators. I don't know how to do everything that know to do or need to do. So when I don't, you know, who can I call on that's going to be able to, you know, drop a nugget and some knowledge, you know, yourself. I mean, we obviously we've had conversations. I think there's wisdom and not nuggets that you can always get from everybody in every situation from the janitor to the CEO. So I never turned to turn an eye to uh, a blind eye to or a deaf ear to anything that, uh, you know, can or would help me in that regard. So, you know, I think a, a, a leader, if a leader is being a leader, they are, they are able to lead, they're able to follow, but they are also able to take direction as well. And you just got to be able to do that. Awesome. 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 Well, Reginald, truly appreciate that definition. And I, of course, appreciate your time even more. What I want to do now was pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And, and of course, how best people get a hold of you, get a copy of your book and find out about all the awesome things that you're working on. The name of the business is Driving Life Coaching. Our motto is every student uh, needs a little TLC. And I think, and hopefully in the uh, little bit of time that we've had today, you've had a chance and opportunity to hear how I'm able to spread that love to students for and be able to work within my passion project. Um, uh, and I consider it a, a joy, but also a uh, responsibility to, to try and get back in all the ways that I possibly can. Uh, my website is reginaldrider.com, R-E-G-I-N-A-L-D, 
R-Y-B-E-R.com. I do offer a 15-minute free consultation for parents, students, or organizations to learn and hear a little bit more about what it is that I do. Uh, name of the book, again, is uh, Passing the Baton, A Guide and Memoir of College Success. You can get it on the book on Amazon. I didn't say that. You can get the book on Amazon if you'd like, but if you get it from me on my website, I'm happy to sign it. Yes, absolutely. Definitely appreciate you. And we will have the links and information in the show notes as well, too, so that everybody can you know follow up with you, get a copy of your book, find out about all the awesome things that you're working on. And I uh, hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Great. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Want to level up your business even more? Read blogs, listen to podcasts, and watch videos at cbnation.co. Also, check out our I Am CEO Facebook group. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.